brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to the show, everybody. Okay, we're going to be talking about getting a better partner picker. Boy, do a lot of people need that. I call it job security as a marriage family therapist. But, you know, we have to look at what uh, the deal is with people that pick the wrong person for themselves. And a lot of people continue to do that, whether it's from childhood issues, somebody that you can relate to, somebody that you're used to that uh, may have abused. Maybe they're like your parent that abused you or whatever. I mean, some people fall into patterns where they just pick crappy people. And a lot of people try to save people. And uh, so what they do is they'll they'll pick a person that has maybe more problems than they do so they don't have to deal with their own problems. And then they just deal with that person's problems. Uh, other people will pick someone just from a sexual perspective rather than from a personality perspective. And they end up getting somebody that, yes, they're sexually attracted to, but mentally they're not. Some people pick somebody they're mentally attracted to, but they're not physically attracted to. So things like that can happen, and boy, does that create a lot of problems. If people got into a better state of mind, and boy, you know, people are lonely out there. Single life is not easy for anyone out there because as a single person, you always feel like you should be doing something to uh, maybe have someone in your life or have someone you enjoy uh, things with. And it's really hard for people to even know what they want. Uh, a lot of people, by the time they're, they're, they're settled down, they're, they've got their house, have their kids, have everything else, they realize that maybe they've grown out of their relationship with the other person. So, you know, what we have to do, especially if you're later in your life, you've got to assess your life and what your needs are and who is going to compliment you, who's going to bring something good to you. Um, you know, a lot of people will jump into the honeymoon phase and they will believe that this whole relationship that they're developing is always going to be like the honeymoon phase. And most people want to get back to it. But honeymoon phases don't uh, last forever. You know, eventually the flaws come out, the things that people that are wrong with people comes out and big problems happen. And so you're never getting the true person you're going to be with in the honeymoon phase. What you're going to be getting is parts and pieces of that person. And it's it's a slow burn into the reality of who that person really is. Um, a lot of people also have this romantic ideal of love at first sight. Well, that's usually a sexual attraction. That's usually purely sexual, but it doesn't include the person. So love at first sight could be selling a delusion that this person is something that they're not because we think that that love, that feeling that we have there is truly just called infatuation. And uh, people don't understand that. They mix that up with love. Now, here are some smart things to do. Uh, first of all, if you're going to get married to somebody, do premarital counseling. If you do that, you have a better shot at how this person works through problems. If this is a conflict avoidance person, marriage is not for them. They don't have the maturity to be able to deal with marriage because marriage is about compromise, which calls for really good communication, and it calls for people to be able to deal with conflict in a positive way. The other thing is get a health report. 
you know, a lot of these people, you know, since the sexual revolution, God knows where these organs have been, you know, and they, they can be in some bad places. Get a health report. Find out, is this person actually not got a disease? Number two, you want to get a financial check because if they have bad finances, guess what you're going to be inheriting? All of their debt. And so, you know, I, I know it sounds cut and dry, but in this day and age, especially if you're going moving into a second relationship or something else and you have children, you owe it to your kids to not get yourself tied up with somebody that is just a, a, a train wreck financially. The next thing is get a background check because God only knows if that person has a problem in their background that you need to know about. And, and if you can do that, sometimes you can get the information that you need to determine whether this is a person of character that is worthy of your life. You know, you don't want to be alone. Nobody wants to be alone, but you don't want to sell your life out for other people's problems. You know, you want to get somebody that adds to your life, not takes away from your life. Somebody that is a partner for you, somebody that communicates well, somebody that works with you, and most of all, somebody you can trust. And trust is a hard thing for a lot of people, but every argument you're ever going to have is a trust issue. And so what you have to realize is that trust is the one thing that keeps people together. Trust, not love. It is trust. And when you can trust someone, the love always grows. But you can love someone and not trust them, but that's a miserable relationship because you're always having to check on them, just like you do with your kids. And so, you know, if people value trust, that's a really good start to a relationship. If people can be best friends, that's a really good start to a relationship. It doesn't mean they're all going to start that way, but that is a, the, the, the meaning of a good relationship that's building the groundwork to make it happen. Okay. You know, uh, there's important aspects, but you need to have a checklist. Establishing a checklist, you know, nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to be have everything that you want. But you want to have a checklist that, of the desired qualities for a partner, and, and it, it has to be things that are needs, not wants. Wants are good, but you need to start that list with needs. I need this. And, and you know, typically it does not involve a, a, a valuative hierarchy which would give negative or positive qualities, what you want is you want to have something that is realistic for what matches you. So what you're looking for is more of the positive qualities and some of the negative qualities. So the positive qualities be what you need and what you want. And then what you don't want is the negative qualities. And you really, really want to go there with that. If these are qualities that you're used to, uh, don't pick a person that has problems that, of somebody that you've had to cater to your whole life because you're good at it. Just because you're good at it, you know, if you've picked an alcoholic as a partner and you're good at dealing with alcoholics, well, then, you know, take that off your list. I don't need somebody that has that in my background. I don't need to be codependent on somebody that has a problem like that. You know, draw boundaries for yourself. You, you also uh, want to be able to, to detect major flaws. You know, um, flaws have to do with how someone smells, how someone acts, how someone expresses themselves. Are they professional? Are they not professional? Are they good with children? Are they not good with children? Are they good with finances? Are they not? Look at all these different uh, qualities and make sure that if it's a flaw you can accept, that's great. But if it's a flaw you can't accept, you need to get rid of it. You need to get rid of it because that adds more stress to your life and it doesn't help you. 
you know, a lot of people are not good at being in relationships. And the sad truth is a lot of people have attachment problems. And if you have somebody that brings you close but not close enough, that's not somebody you want to spend the rest of your life with. So, you know, you want to develop a partner that you're not having to just go complete compromise. You want somebody that compliments. Also, bringing out the best in you. If they're if they have negative qualities that change you, if they have paranoia, if they have a sense of uh, jealousy or a sense of uh, worrying that somebody's going to take you from them, if, or if they think that you're always looking for somebody else, if they're going to be constantly uh, investigating you and, and trying to get into your business and trying to tell you what to do, that is not the quality of a good partner. You know, you want somebody that actually brings the best out in you, somebody that makes you feel comfortable, somebody that makes you feel happy, and somebody you can be yourself completely 100%. You want no secrets in a relationship with someone. And if you have to have secrets with a partner, that is always, always going to bring things down. It's never going to connect right because you have to carry on too many different dialogues in your brain. You know, there's some other things that are important. You know, a, a frustrated single person's life often feels like you're drifting at sea while couples are happy and on a mountain of love. And at first glance, research seems to back this up. But, you know, suggesting that married people are on the average happier than single people and much happier than divorced people, uh, not necessarily true. You know, when marriage isn't working, when you have a bad partner. It is the loneliest place on the planet Earth, if not in the universe. It, it is horrible because you're stuck in this monogamous relationship with this total turkey uh, that, that doesn't seem to rise up. And people tend to form resentments for each other over time. And they label each other and they no longer see the person that they're married to. They see the label or the despicable, or you know, sometimes the person you're married to can just absolutely always view the worst in their partner, and that can drag you down. So, you know, dissatisfied single people should actually consider themselves in a neutral, fairly hopeful position compared to what other situation could be. Their life is full of possibilities, and that's a good thing. A single person who would like to find a great relationship is one step away from it, with their to-do list reading. You know, find a great relationship, that's a great thing, but don't have to be so desperate that you will accept anything. You know, be good about picking somebody that blends well with your life, with your family, with your children, with your finances, with everything. And if, if you're just jumping into a relationship for the first time, then, you know, enjoy that, but take your time with it so that you can get to know each other. You know, start by uh, subtracting, you, you know, look at your age and say you're 30 years old and then assume you're going to be 90 and then look at the person you're with and go, do I want to be 90 with this person? Is this person even going to be there for me or am I going to be in a nursing home with this person? You know, do I fit in their life? Do they fit in my life? Do I feel that this is a partner that is going to support me through that 60 year period? And and by the way, you know, Couples, once again, that cultivate the trust issues and work on those trust issues and have no secrets, they usually thrive and usually their attraction grows and usually their sexuality grows because they don't have anything to be afraid of and they don't have any secondary dialogues going on in their head. You know, people tend to be bad at knowing what they want from a relationship. 
You know, studies have shown people to be generally bad when single at predicting what their later will turn out to be their actual uh, relationship preferences. You know, some people will pick partners for how they look rather than what they uh, what they believe. Uh, they pick somebody that's like an ideal partner for them in looks, maybe in personality, but it's not really the partner for them. Maybe it's a performance that socially is accepted, but it's not necessarily the kind of person that, that really turns them on. And so some people date for the image of dating rather than date the person that they feel like they would like to be with. Maybe they feel like their choices won't be the choices that other people would be willing to accept. And the bottom line is you really got to dig down deep and get below that and pick out the partner for you because you're the only you around and you need to really take that serious. And a lot of people are better at giving to other people than they are to themselves and they overcompromise and find themselves depressed and sad in relationship that doesn't fit them. This is the most serious decision you make in your life. 60 years, think about it. If you're with that person, for six, that's a long time. Yes, divorce is an option, but do you really want to split your income? Do you really want to make, turn your life into a big Broadway production? Nobody really wants that. Do you want to be paying attorneys 100000 Nobody really wants that. And that's why if you don't take this decision to be with someone that is decidedly in the ballpark of what you're attracted to and what you like to be with and somebody you feel like yourself, yourself with, then... If you can do that, you're going to be able to make it to the long run. You have a much better shot at it. It doesn't mean it's always going to be that way, but it's a leap of faith and it's a good bet. You know, also, you want to look at the factor of, uh, you know, society has it all wrong and, and gives us terrible advice. Society encourages us to stay uneducated and let romance be your guide. You know, if you're running a business, conventional wisdom says that you are much more effective business owner if you study business in school, create well-thought-out business plans, analyze your business's performance diligently. This is logical because that's the way you proceed when you want to do something well and minimize mistakes. And this is a business deal. You have to get a divorce if you get married. That's a legal contract, guys. It's not. Uh, it's not um, marriage and, and relationships is not unconditional love. And if you expect it, you're not going to get it. it. It's it's conditional love and it's based on your vows. It's based on your agreements of what you're going to give to each other in this relationship. And that is the foundation of what makes it work. Uh, if you want unconditional love, get a dog or, or have children and you have the opportunity to have unconditional love unless you screw that up too. Um you know, society also places a stigma on in, uh, intellectually expanding our search for t- potential partners. You know, there was a study on what governs our dating choices more, our preferences or our current opportunities, and opportunities always wins hands down. Our, our dating choices are 98% a response to market conditions and just 2% immutable desires. So proposals to date, tall, short, fat, thin, professional, uh, clergy, educated, uneducated people are are more uh, than nine-tenths governed by what's on the offer that night. And so what that means is, is that if we live in a small town, 
we may only be able to identify who to be with by the people we live around in a small town. And so if we live in a uh, apartment complex and don't have a car, we may be limited by what that audience has to offer. And that is a shame. You know, we have to be bigger than that and we have to be smarter than that. You know, so also, you know, society always rushes us. You know, in our world, the major rule is to get married before you're too old. And too old varies from 25 to 35, depending on where you live. But you know what? If you're in midlife and you've already had your children, do you really need to be married? Because the marriage institution itself is very simply about children. It's about having a family. It's not about having a relationship with someone. And so some people will go into late life and think that they have to look for another married partner, somebody that will love me for who I am and who I'm not. You know, marriage isn't necessary if you're not in a childbearing state of life. It's really not, uh, marriage isn't all about that. It's good. It's good to be uh, married sometimes if you want to be, but it's not necessary when you don't have children. You know, it's um, uh, unmarried people, especially females in their 30s, if they haven't had children, they begin to be, uh, their, their biological clocks tend to be like, okay, I'm in a hurry. And guess what? They pick a hurried partner to be there with. And then they find that partner may not be the best score that they could have made or the best gene pool that they should have drawn from. <laughs> and so once again, that's why we have to take in the young age very seriously about what you want to be with. And if you know you've got a bad partner and you're not married to it, have the courage to end it. Have the courage to end it before it creates another life on this earth or another problem in your life or it doesn't allow you to become the person that you are. If your relationship does not allow you to be the person that you are and make choices that are good for you, then you're with the wrong person. And don't be afraid of changing. Don't be afraid because your life is more valuable than that. We're spirits living a human life. That spirit has to do its thing in this human life. And if your spirit can't find a passion, then you're with somebody that is likely not helping. And so be realistic about who you're going to spend all this time with and have to deal with and have to deal with all their crap. Because people, have, as they get older, they have more and more baggage. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're also going to talk about more factors involved in making the decision of getting a better person in your life. Come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Look among the stars. 
inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at svcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about getting a better partner picker. You know, romance can be a great part of a relationship, and love is a key ingredient in a happy marriage. But without a bunch of other important things, it's simply not enough. You know, the overly romantic person repeatedly ignores that little voice that tries to speak up when their partner is fighting with them constantly, and they seem to feel much worse about themselves than they used to. You know, if you're fighting, and I repeat this again and again, if you're fighting, every issue that you ever have conflict about is a trust issue. And if those things can't be resolved, and you continue to fight about the same crap over and over and over again, either somebody's not listening or somebody has major insecurities and fears. You know, one of fear is one of the worst possible decision makers when it comes to picking the right life partner. Unfortunately, the way society is set up, fear starts infecting all kinds of otherwise rational people, sometimes as early as the mid-20s. And the types of fear our society and parents and friends inflict on us is fear of being that last single friend. Fear of being an older parent. Sometimes just the fear of being judged or talked about and, and our, our, our types that, that lead us to settle for a not-so-great partnership. And the irony is that the only rational fear we should feel is the fear of spending the latter two-thirds of life unhappily with the wrong person and it, 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 that and. Exact fate of the fear-driven people, not because they're trying to be risk-adverse, but because they're choosing a life partner that is deeply, personally, enormously complicated and, and, you know, and, and somebody that just doesn't fit. And, and it's different for everyone. It's and almost impossible to understand uh, from the outside. You know, a lot of people uh, will pick the opposite of them because it brings out qualities that normally the other person that, you know, that each other doesn't see in each other. And so they have to kind of join each other. But the problem is, is that when people pick the opposite, they find that it's exhausting. And so after a while, that variety is great. 
But after a while, they also find that they don't have as much in common. And so as they want to join each other's life, uh, they get kind of lazy and go back to who they are. Like if you're an introvert with an extrovert, you may not want to go on uh, long trips and go on great, you know, be out in crowds and talking to people all the time. You you may want to go to parties and do all that stuff. You may want to go back to your introverted life. But, you know, it was kind of exciting in the beginning when you're with that person because you never do these things. It's all new and maybe you'll like it. But later on, you come to find that I don't like it. And that's where people that pick opposites often find themselves alienated from each other and even resentful of each other and have issues because they don't feel like they recognize each other's personal qualities of one being an introvert and an extrovert. And I'm just using that as an example. You know, the saddest example uh, uh, is someone breaking up with a person who had been the right life partner because of external disapproval or a factor that the chooser doesn't actually care about. Like religion is a, is a common one but feels compelled to stick to it and for the sake of the family and, and insistence and their expectations. It can also happen the opposite way when everyone in someone's life is thrilled with their relationship because it looks great from the outside, even though it's not actually that great from the inside. And so, you know, we need to have our needs checked. Things like, you know, do, is the person the right height for you? Uh, are you needing some job prestige? You know, uh, do you need wealth? Do you need accomplishments? Maybe a, a novelty item like being a foreign or having a specific talent. You know, if those are things that are in your taste, don't look at them as bad. Look at them as part of who you are. Look at them as things you need, you know, and, and to be with somebody that may be stable, God forbid, that would be a nice thing to have is stability. Um, it, a lot of people end up finding that they're not stable people, to, but together they can be stable. And that's a cool thing when people can bring that kind of thing to their life. You know, there's, uh, so, you know, the selfish people, they come in a lot of different ingredients. Here's the most common, the my way or the highway type. You know, this person cannot handle sacrifice or compromise. They believe their needs and desires and opinions are simply more important than everybody else's. And that their needs to get their way in an almost any big decision, in the event they don't want a legitimate partnership, they, they want to keep their single life and have someone there to keep them company. That's basically all you are, is somebody that just keeps them company. Because if they're going to make all the big decisions, my way or the highway, uh, that's not love. That's not a connected relationship. It's not even a safe relationship. It is simply a person who needs to be with somebody. You know, this person inevitably ends up with, with a uh, super easygoing person and at worst a pushover with self-esteem issues, sacrifices a chance to be a part of a team of equals, and almost certainly limits the potential quality of, of their marriage also or, or their relationship, if, if that's the way it goes. Also, um, the selfish have uh, the main they, – they are the main character. That means they're the main character's tragic flaws being massively self-absorbed. And they want a life partner who serves both as a therapist and their biggest admirer, and but is mostly uninterested in returning either favor. You know, each night they want their partner to discuss their days, but 90% of the discussion centers around the day of that main character partner. After all, they are the main character in the relationship. So the issue for them is that by being incapable of tearing up 
uh, away from their personal world, they uh, end up with a sidekick as a life partner, which makes for a pretty boring 50 years of life, if that's how it even makes it that long. You know, and the needs driven. There's, oh, everyone, these are another selfish type of character. Everyone has needs and everyone likes those needs to be met. But problems arise when the meeting of needs, like they cook or they'll be a great father or a mother or they'll make a great wife. They're rich. They're organized. They have great, they're great in bed. This becomes the main grounds for choosing someone as a life partner. And those listed groups are all great perks, but that's all they are, perks. And after a year of marriage, when the needs-driven person is now totally accustomed to having their needs met, it's no longer exciting. And so they basically begin to take advantage of the person that keeps fulfilling all their needs while the other person's needs go on empty. And so, you know, those are patterns that a lot of people fall into that you want to stay away from. You know, often the key to succeeding at something big is to break it into its tiniest pieces and focus on how to succeed uh, one piece at a time. You know, when we, uh, when, when you look at like procrastination and, and uh, think about it, procrastination is depression. And if you fall into a relationship that you want to end it, but you don't want to end it, and you just procrastinate and procrastinate, that indecisiveness creates limbo, which creates a a pervasive depression and anxiety that in the end, there is going to be an end. And it creates that self-fulfilling prophecy. It is better when you make a decision that you don't want to be with somebody to get the exit strategy right then and there and begin to move into that world. You know, it's not good to linger in limbo just waiting for a moment or somebody to do something wrong so you can blame them for why the relationship ends. You know, a, a great uh, relationship is a sweeping love story, like like a marriage in a book or a movie. And that's nice poetic way to look at marriage as a whole. Ha! But, you know, there's a lot of rocky roads in all relationships. And yes, people do fall in and out of love throughout the course of a relationship. They, they can't, it's like a roller coaster. Some days your needs are getting met. Some days your needs are not getting met. When you have children early on, you're busy. You're busy and you grow apart and you have to do more about how we function rather than how we feel. And so a lot of people continue to fall into those patterns and get lost in their children's lives, but they forget that their relationship is the foundation of their children's life. And if they don't work on the foundation, then what happens is, They poop out, and then the kids have to deal with whatever person uh, each parent drags into their life with their children, their problem, their finances, their issues, their bullshit. And basically, these kids become backseat to everybody's life, and that's never a good thing. So that's another reason why you need to be very serious about picking the right partner for you and not what your family wants, not what your friends want what you want and don't worry about how people look at you because their mirror that they look at you through is whether you're happy with the decision that you've made and if you can be at peace with the person you're with they will be at peace eventually they may not like them and that's fine they can have their perception but that's the person you want to wake up with every day and that's a good thing you know to, to, to endure 20,000 days with another human being and, and do so happily, there's a lot of things you got to do. You have to have an epic, and I mean epic, friendship. 
and, and spending time with your friends is great. But if you don't look forward to the time you spend with your partner, that's a good sign you're with the wrong person. You want to be able to look forward to a friend. You want to have somebody you love to be with, whether they're with you or not. People will miss them because they're not there with you because they add a big ingredient to your life. The energy of having friends in a relationship should be mainly given to your partner. Not that you can't have friends. That's great. But friends take a lot of energy, take a lot of time, take a lot of cultivation, take a lot of being there for the other person. And they also compete with the energy you give to your partner. So be very careful about feeding the relationship you have with your partner, making that friendship have lots of memories, lots of time, lots of priorities, and being fully present with that person. That is what you want as a partner. If you cannot do that, don't be with them. You know, uh, you have to have also a great sense of humor. Don't take life so serious. You guys have to realize that there's lots of failures, and failures isn't black and white. Failures is an opportunity to learn. So when we make mistakes, we get back up. We support each other. We realize we don't have bad intentions. We have bad outcomes. And we try to forgive each other by looking at the process of what made the decision rather than the decision itself. You know, also, um, you have to have a respect for each other's brains and each other's way of thinking. You know, some people take a long time to get things done. Some people are often late. Some people have qualities where they don't deal with emotional situations very well. You know, our brains are, are all different. And if you're able to help understand and empathize with the way that somebody you're with uh, thinks and you have a sense of understanding of how they think, then what happens is you have a better way to connect with that person. But if you hate the way your partner has certain qualities, then don't be with that partner. If that partner doesn't have qualities you can tolerate anymore, then be true to yourself and be honest with yourself. But also don't just make rash decisions. Make decisions that have good uh, intentions and, 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 and truth. Lots of truth. And if that partner can't meet needs, and I'm talking about needs, not wants, needs. Needs are emotional. Needs are illogical. Needs are about who you are, and they are part of your core, and they're part of your soul. And they cannot be explained. They just have to be stated. If giving gifts is it, if having sex is it, if spending time together is it, whatever, they call them love languages. Those are needs and not wants. And if that partner can't respect that, you guys will never be attached in a great way. The other thing is, uh, uh, you know, deciding, uh, uh, having a decent number of common interests and activities and people preferences. You know, what kind of people do we enjoy being around and what people are a pain in the butt? If there's people in your life that are a pain in the butt, maybe it's time to put that on pause and see if it can reset itself later on. Or maybe it's time to just get those people out of your life. If you're with a partner, do not. Pick someone of the same sex as your partner, as your best friend, without negotiating the relationship with your partner. That person should not be in your life as an emotional relationship, as a friendship, without your partner knowing that person and actually saying, I agree, it's okay to be friends with that person, I trust you and I trust them. It's, you should never be bringing somebody of the opposite sex or somebody of the sex you're attracted to into a relationship without negotiating it with your partner. That is important. And that includes work friends. 
That doesn't mean uh, you can't be friends with people at work. It, but what it does mean is if it's moving into your personal life, then that person needs to be negotiated with your partner. They're also, if you're going to pick somebody, you need to have a feeling of home. You know, if you feel at home with a person, if you're going to spend 12 hours with a person, if you're going to be sleeping in bed with somebody, you need to feel at home with that person. And, and so that means that uh, you need to be able to have somebody that understands you and you understand them and you've figured out how to be together. And, uh, you know, trust and security is the biggest element of that. You know, when it comes to especially marriage, you have to have no secrets. You know, secrets are a poison. And in any relationship because they form an invisible wall inside the relationship and that other partner does not understand what is going on. And so they question, they see behaviors. We're, you know, some people are good liars, but most people aren't. And so the bottom line is eventually, sadly, secrets destroy a relationship and they cause people to argue over and over and over again. And people will say, no, I'm not thinking that or no, I didn't do that. It's better just to be honest if you can do that. All right. We're going to take another break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about more factors. And then we're going to talk about the reasons uh, 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 why uh, people get into bad relationships. Come back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about getting a better partner picker. And, uh, you know, one of the elements that is really the most important element is having somebody that you have a natural chemistry with. You know, interacting should be easy and natural. Energy levels should be the same vicinity. And you should feel on the same wavelength in general. You know, if you're going to be with someone on a different wavelength, it it takes a lot of energy and it's very exhausting to be with that person. If somebody, if you're an up person and the other person's like Eeyore, 
that's a hell of a thing to have to deal with that all the time because they bring your energy down so badly that you have to overcompromise who you are. So you want to find somebody that has a natural energy like you that you can relate to that doesn't take you out of your comfort zone. You also, if you're going to be with somebody, you have to be willing to accept their human flaws. You know, we don't get together with someone to change them. If your goal is to change them into what you think they could be, that is a very selfish thing to do, and it's wrong, and it's a miserable premise to start a relationship on. You know, you want to say, okay, I'm flaws, here's my flaws, and you want to look at your partner's flaws, recognize those flaws, and say, hey, I know you've got these two, and we talk about those flaws as a definition of how we're going to get through them, how we're going to compromise. Are these flaws something that we're willing to accept? If you're going to say a person is flawed because they're a chronic liar, well, that's somebody you don't want to be with because a chronic liar is somebody that you'll never trust and you'll be arguing with for the rest of your life and you'll be investigating the rest of your life. Not a good person to be with. You know, if a person is a chronic liar, not a good person to be in a relationship with. You also uh, be want to uh, be uh, generally when you're together, be on a positive vibe. And, and what that means is, is that you don't go home presuming there's going to be a negative atmosphere. You go home thinking that we're either going to be neutral or we're going to be positive or somewhat happier to be together. You know that you want to know that your happiness is always a decision away rather than something that you have to deal with because you're with somebody. So, you know. To be in a good relationships, relationships are hard. Do not fool yourself. Expect a strong relationship without treating it like a rigorous part of a part-time job is like expecting to have a great career without putting any effort into the career. You know, in time when people in most parts of the world can enjoy freedom and carve their own path in life, it, is us- it usually doesn't sit well to suddenly become half of something and compromise on a bunch of things you grow up being selfish about. So, you know, what you want to do, if you want to have a healthy relationship, weigh it, number one, on communication. Communication. Is this person a good communicator? You know, is this person brainless? Is this person somebody that I can talk to? Is this person that's surfacey? Is this person that can't be deep? If you're a deep person and you're with somebody that's kind of just kind of on the surface, um, not very thoughtful, not very deep, they don't really think about much, that may not be a very gratifying communication style that you have with that person. You can't share uh, your emotions that much. You can't share the bad things, the good things, because they don't relate. They want to be accepted by everyone else. And so you are basically, if you're with somebody that you can't have good communication with, you're in a relationship that's going to be very stale, very fast, and very lonely, very fast. Communication is sexy. If you can have good communication and good friendship, you've always got the foundation of something that can really, really work. Also, you have to maintain equality in a relationship. They can slip into an unequal power dynamic pretty quickly. When one person's mood always dictates the mood of the room, or when one person's needs or their opinion uh, consistently prevail over everyone else's, and when one person can treat the other in a way that they never stand before uh, about being treated or treating someone else, uh, then you're with the wrong person. You know, if this person sucks all the oxygen out of the room, that's the wrong person to be with. That is not a compromise that you want to have in your life. 
You also want to be able to fight well. And that means that we look for intentions rather than outcomes. We're looking for, okay, don't like this decision. What was your intention? What were you thinking? How did you decide to do this? What happened? Blah, blah, blah. If we're able to get to intentions, we're able to get to forgiveness. So when you're fighting, you're not fighting to be defensive. You're fighting as adults. And adults do not make tone a part of their discussion. They do not make uh, verbosity or body language that is negative a part of their discussions. Adults state their emotions, okay? I feel, I think, blah, 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 blah. That's all you have to do. State your emotions. State the facts, state your emotions, and understand that in a relationship, your obligation is to understand each other's perception of the truth and not tell each other what the truth really is. If we think someone's got it wrong, don't try to correct them. Just let them acknowledge that they have a different perception than you do, and then work it from there. You know, uh, familiarity. You know, as human beings, we really screw up when we look for familiarity because we're drawn in an unconscious level to the familiar. So if we're used to being abused, if we're used to being talked to in a certain way, if we're used to being in a family that, you know, has a lot of alienation, well, guess what? We're used to that. So we go back to that and that's what we find in a partner, something that we're used to, even though it's not healthy. It's just something we're, we're lazy creatures. And if we find somebody that has negative or bad experiences, uh, then basically what that we're familiar with and we've dealt with, we tend to have a lot of empathy for that. And we also tend to feel at home with it because we had so much of it in our childhood or in our previous relationships. And so we make room for that kind of person. And, you know, many of us pick partners who help us stay within our comfort zone, even though that zone turns out to be very bad or less desirable. For example, if our past is filled with feelings of rejection or inadequacy, we will be drawn to scenarios in which we feel the same way as adults. Imagine the scenario. You may uh, initially be attracted to someone whose attention makes you feel good about yourself, but eventually you start to notice that your partner is resistant to getting close and can be very dismissive. And this will trigger your fear of rejection, validate the, you feeling inadequate, and trigger anxiety that you are very familiar with. You know, let's be clear. That your fear of inadequacy being validated does not mean you're inadequate. What it actually means is that you are being put in a position to confront this belief and to act from a place of self-worth. So, you know, it'd be great for you to, to respond differently the next time you feel rejected in your relationship. Notice there's a familiarity of the situation and ask yourself, I'm okay with this. Is this what I want in my relationship? And the answer is no. And that means it's time to act. You know, uh, your wounded self it is doing the attracting when that involves these kind of people. Or if you're attracted to people that you want to fix, you're drawn to the project aspect of the aspect of the relationship where you get to help them change for the better. And if the answer is that yes, you may be choosing partners for your wounded self. Your wounded self is the part of you that feels incomplete and damaged, and it's part of you that makes you question your worth, makes you think you are flawed in some way, and always wondering if you are worth loving. And when you put your energy into helping your partner heal from the issues is a way of unconsciously acting out how you wish to be treated. And unfortunately, most of them don't have the tools 
to give you what you want. And so what you end up doing is being codependent and propping them up, and you could be doing that for yourself. A lot of people avoid their problems picking people with bigger problems. You know, there there's some really good advice out there and, and for people that don't have good pickers. You know, people, you know, there's a lot of, uh, when it comes to dating and it comes to picking a partner, you know, people in a date, especially in the initial stages, tend to tell you exactly who, who they are and it's up to you to listen. If someone says they're usually a bad mood or don't know how to be monogamous, you want to hear what they're saying and don't think you can change them. You know, if, if you want to basically spend some time with this person for an eight-hour, uh, you know, take a long drive with someone and that forces them to have a conversation with you to figure out what kind of a communication are they. You know, whatever difficulties you may have will make themselves painfully obvious if you're stuck in a car for eight hours or stuck on a trip. You're going to have to talk to each other, and sometimes the truths come out. You also look for someone who is kind and loving. You know, and some people just aren't attracted. They want the bad boy. But if you're really lucky, your partner will also have a family who taught them how to be that way. Have in-laws who treat you like a member of the family and make your life a lot easier. You also want to make the person uh, sure that you're seeing doesn't smoke, even if you do. You know, if they're if he, they're a non-smoker, it may get you to stop. So think of it this way: you're choosing happiness over death. I mean, if you're a smoker and you pick a non-smoker, never a bad idea because it may be able to teach you not to smoke. Because they sure as hell don't want to have to deal with your breath. Yuck. You know, if you're going to be with someone, find someone you could talk to. You know, as time passes, this quality is more important than looks or money or position. If you can't talk to your partner, cry on their shoulder, you know, it's not going to be a good match. You know, and talking means you're not fixing each other's problem. Talking means you're listening. If both of you can listen and validate, I understand. I hear what you're saying. So what you're telling me is this. When you're able to validate each other, you're able to have a much healthier relationship. You know, you want to make sure also that you have the basics in common. For example, if one of you wants children and the other doesn't, it's a deal breaker. Spiritual and political differences can also be difficult to deal with. As we age, our feelings in these areas tend to intensify. And, you know, that's huge. Uh, I can't tell you how many people have divorced over uh, Trump. This last election has been a nightmare for people's relationships because they have such strong feelings and our politics are at two different, completely different places. Also, you want to make sure that you have enough differences that if you're unable to go out, you can still entertain each other. If someone is just like you, it might get a little boring as time goes by. But, you know, you also want to make sure the person you're with has physical compatibility, which has more to do with touch than it has to do with sex. Compatibility has more to do with touch and less to do about sex. So if you're a tactile person, you need to be with someone who shares that desire. You know, people's desire for sex changes over time, but our need for touch remains fairly consistent. We also have to be aware of people who want to get married immediately. Engagements were created for a reason. They used to call them hand, uh, hand fasts, and they lasted for a year and a day. Things move much quicker these days. 
but it's wise to know someone is for at least six months before getting married to them. And also, you want to find someone that makes you laugh. A sense of humor can help you overcome many of life's obstacles. There's a huge thing also, because if you have children, if you have children, you want to make sure the person you're with is a good person for them. Because they don't have a choice. Whoever you drag into your life and, and make them have to deal with, that's not their choice. And so you have to also consider the needs of your children. And if that person's a good fit for you, then you need to decide, is it more important for me to be selfish? Or do I need to understand that this person may not be a good fit for my kids? You need to make the bigger decision, which is not for your kids. Because those kind of people can do a lot of damage to children and, and believe me, I, I see that in life, and it's horrible. It's horrible. So, you know, you got to look at the stages of a relationship. You know, what are the stages and why are they important? Well, you know, there's eventually, uh, as we get through our honeymoon phase, uh, the honeymoon stage is that's when our partner does everything perfect. They're cute. They're adorable. They're sexy. They their 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 body is new to you the experiences you have are new to you and those love hormones and neurotransmitters are surging through your bodies and we don't feel the need to eat we don't feel the need to sleep all we want is sex all the time and literally we're drugged into a euphoric elated exhilarated state and uh you know it's called nature's anesthesia the honeymoon phase and then after that phase is the ugly power struggle And that is how we begin to see each other as who we really are. We start to negotiate our needs and our wants. And some people avoid conflict and also some people do not. And so we have to understand that that is really, really important to uh, look at that. And then lastly is the conscious relationship. And that is the time where we are more at peace with ourselves and our partner. We are determined to be together And our decisions are much about compromise and much about the quality of life. People who plan ahead usually have a great marriage because they are able to look forward to the future and know that they don't want to lose those things that they've planned ahead on in their life. That's our show. Our next show is Gaslighting. Am I crazy? I I want to thank everyone for listening. I'd love to hear from you. My email is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now, remember, if you want to know if you can trust your partner, text them from another phone a really sexy, suggestive personal message asking for sex right away and see how they respond. If someone older asks where they, where, where have you been all your life, respond with, I don't know, I wasn't there yet. That's our show. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.